For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. New week, happy Monday, Sleepers Podcast, Monday, July 31st, last day of July. Uh, we just spent about 10 minutes off camera just catching up, talking about each other's weekends. Cartino, it's good to see you, my friend. How are you feeling this morning? You know, I'm feeling good. Uh, nice little, got my got my Monday iced coffee uh, in my Spartan Yeti cup, by the way. Just, you know, really good vibes on this Monday morning. Feeling good, had a good night's rest, relaxing weekend. Saw Barbie, so yeah, can't complain. Uh, are you feeling like you are Kenuff? I am feeling like I'm Kenuff. And honestly, for real though, if anyone can locate me some Kenuff gear, like let me know. I need something immediately. Yeah, Gosling, generational. We've both seen Barbie now. I still need to see Oppenheimer, and then I feel like we can have a real dialogue about both movies. I'm going to try and see that this week for the record, but... Uh, glad you like the Barbie movie. I also liked the Barbie movie when I saw it this weekend. Uh, and one quick question. Did that Yeti cup, it, it was black, right? Is that the color? I'm seeing that right? Yes. Does that have a one of a kind, first of its kind texture with paint spatterings on it that has never been done before? Yes, it actually does. Oh, very nice. That's incredible. Um, today's going to be a fun episode, I think. We have a lot to get to. Uh, we're kind of just like commenting on a few different things that sort of went viral over the last few days. Uh, one of them being Pistons related, former Pistons Stanley Johnson had some comments. One of them being Pat McAfee related. Uh, I feel like we've gotten some McAfee comps recently. And then here he goes, letting or lighting the world on fire. And then um, we're going to talk about your program as well. Michigan State had a big event over the weekend. So a lot of fun to get to. But first card, 20 comments from last week's Riley Friday episode. If you missed Riley Friday, go back and watch it. I thought it was a pretty good one. Uh, two, yeah, 20 comments. Here we go. Let's jump right in. Michael Mann, 2171, said Greg's face when Carter said cornhole tournament was priceless. Laughing emojis. Uh, I don't even know what face I made then. I think that was a genuine reaction. Well, I, I still think I want to see that. You wanted to see the tournament style of the players. I wanted to see the players day drink and play cornhole. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I'm in on your plan. It would be kind of fun to day drink. Uh, Tanner Hessling says, live, love, hate the life of an Illinois fan. The one podcast I watch every day after work. Keep up the great work, fellas. And finally, all hail Daddy Brad. Tanner, shout out to you. Appreciate you. That means a lot that you listen to us every single day. Um, and don't tell Illinois fans that you listen to us every single day. They might turn on you the way they've turned on us. Seymour Butts, 420, our favorite, says, Yeah, Greg and I are kind of the inverse of each other in terms of fandoms. I grew up in East Lansing as a diehard MSU basketball fan. Casual MSU football fan, went to Michigan for college, graduated this past spring, tried to root for Michigan basketball. Every time MSU and UM played, I couldn't bring myself to switch up on Izzo. I don't care as much about football, so it was a lot easier to switch to UM. Uh, Cart, I don't know if he is being genuine and honest here or if he's just plagiarizing my life story and flipping it to troll me. Yeah, we might need Seymour to slide into like the uh, Twitter DMs with real names and things like that, so we can do some more investigation on this because I just don't. It's way too close to your your mutant story. Yeah, that's almost word for word. I'm kind of I'm excited at the prospect that somebody else like me, wired like me, exists. Um, although I think I'm already jealous of Seymour because the two that I root for, Michigan basketball and Michigan State football, have historically been the two that lose. I mean, they both they had a good little four or five year stretch when I was in college where Beeline was cooking and uh, Mark D'Antonio was cooking. But like outside of that, it's really like 50 years of Michigan basketball losing and Michigan State football losing and the opposite being really good. Seymour's side being really good. So I don't know how to feel about this, Seymour. Uh, but I do love that you're a constant presence in our comment section. To that point, Seymour again says, when Sleepers hits 5K subscribers, we need a performance of one of these LeBron musical songs. Ball is in your court, Greg. I can agree to those terms. Please. I think, 
I can agree to those terms. I went back because uh, I was listening to the episode on Friday just to I can't believe I like admitted that I have those things. And I went back in the notes pad and uh, just read them over to see if they've aged well over the last two, three years since I wrote them during COVID. Cart, they got some bars in there. I, <laughs> I, stand I, think, by this. I think I think it's hilarious. I saw like this TikTok the other day. It's like you don't know a girl until you look into her notes app and like you just see like baby names, like all these other things, just like thoughts. And then you go to your notes app and there are LeBron musicals. Just Yeah. So I think this came together after I was on like a big Hamilton kick for the record. And then I was like, well, I, I want to write a Hamilton. And so I was like, what do I want to write a Hamilton about? How about LeBron? And then I realized there's actually this beautiful story about LeBron. Like he's the chosen one. He's he wants to elevate his community. He needs to match Jordan. That's his whole life's purpose. But then Car he realizes that's not even his life's purpose. His life's purpose was sitting there all along at home. His family is a beautiful story. Uh, I also wrote this on a, a piano, so there's actual music that goes with this. It's pretty incredible. I'm not gonna lie. 5K. I'll uh, I'll release a performance of one. See more. Gavin Booher says, uh, "What do you guys think was the bigger bust? Pierre Brooks, Rocket Watts, or Foster Lawyer?" Oh, Rocket, easy. Is that just because you had higher expectations for him? Uh, no, just because I can like Foster because of his size, really didn't have a chance in the Big Ten. <laughs> Uh, honestly, Pierre, because of his size, didn't have a chance in the Big Ten either. Uh, just kind of inverse reasons. Uh, Rocket had a chance. He he did get some, he did get hurt, but he was the highest rated of those guys. I did have the highest expectations of Rocket, so you know, I guess he's the biggest the biggest bust out of the crew of those three. Yeah, I guess it depends on your definition because Rocket was the best player out of those three at Michigan State. Rocket had good games as a freshman. Um, even though those good games were wildly over exaggerated, if you go back and look at the box scores of those, like <laughs> people acted like he lit the world on fire. He was really inefficient, even during his good stretch at the end of that year. Uh, I I'll say Pierre Brooks just because I think like, like rocket did have a positive stretch at one point. Foster was very good at Davidson. At least he like rewrote his career into something. We need to see what Pierre turns into, but I don't envision Pierre Brooks succeeding at Butler. I just, I don't. Well, I mean, are we talking Michigan a bus at Michigan State though? I uh, yeah, I guess if that's the definition, then I think it's got to be Foster, doesn't it? Like maybe, man, I don't know. I guess like Foster and Pierre, you just expected to be bench guys. Rocket was like he's supposed to be all Big Ten as a sophomore, and he was terrible. <laughs> right. So I guess I don't know. Maybe Rocket is the right answer. Um, I still feel like part of Rocket stuff though is people. People contributed to Rocket's downfall by expecting too much out of him. Nobody expected anything from Foster or Pierre, and they still couldn't live up to it, which kind of... Like, if people would have let Rocket come along and think he's like a four-year player, I still think he could have turned out okay at Michigan State. But yeah, see what happens. It's a good question, Gavin. appreciate that. John Smith says, how would MSU's bench fare in the Big Ten next year? Day one starters figure to be the old guys. So that would mean a team of Fears, Carr, Booker, Normand, Holloman, Kohler, and Cooper, assuming you wouldn't have problems with only seven players. Haha. -ha. I think that's, I don't know if he means it this way, but I think that's a jab at how I was making fun of them for rolling with so few players the last few years. I, I, I think it is. <laughs> I'm going to take it that way. That's a good one, John. What do you think, Car? How good is that team? Where do they finish in the Big Ten? So just just so I get this question correctly, if these if the backups were the starters, where do they finish in the big ten? Is that the question? If, if there were no, you couldn't play any of the starters. So no Hogard, Walker, Akins, Malik Hall, and uh Mati Sissoko. That I mean let's see. You're so you're rolling out fears at the one, Holloman at the two. Uh we'll say I guess Carr at the three, Booker at the four, Kohler at the five. Norman off the bench and Cooper off the bench. I'd say that team finishes like, um, like could be they could be good. Don't get me wrong, but like honestly, realistically, that team probably finishes like seventh, eighth, eighth, more leaning more towards eighth. I think. So you th you think that team would be Indiana level good? Because seventh yeah. eighth is Indiana level good. Yeah, I think that's pretty over optimistic. 
You think? Matt yeah, I do. I like. I I trust that Jeremy Fears will be very good year one. Uh, I think at least one of Booker and Carr will hit, but I think the rest of that group is guys that shouldn't really be playing on the Big Ten level, and we're acting like they'd be a tournament team. Like, you don't think Kohler should be playing? Not as a starter. You'd have to start on this team, right? Play 30 minutes. Yeah, but I'm saying he should play, though. Like He's he's got to prove it. I, I went to bat for Kohler last week. He, I think he's got to prove it. I think like penciling him in as an NCAA tournament team 30-minute guy is a lot. Uh, also, Trey Holloman's on this team and playing 35 minutes. <laughs> yeah, the, the Trey Holloman hype is crazy, by the way, after the release of that last video where he had a spot up jumper. Um, that team's uh that team's not better, like that team's not better than Indiana, than Michigan, than Rutgers, which is like seven, eight group. So yeah, I guess when you put it that way. Can I make one more quick comment about Michigan State's bench? Yes. I do want to say this, and I think I've been uh actually contributing to this. When I say that Michigan State can have some depth, like they had depth compared to last year, a lot of that hinges on guys playing to a level that they're expected. I just want to let that be known. Like there is a ceiling and floor for how good our bench is based on how those guys play. I guess that's with any basketball team, though. But maybe this is more so me just trying to maybe die down the hype just to just a little, just a little pinch because this depth that we're talking about is freshmen, whether they be really good freshmen or not, they're freshmen, they're athletic. That's great, but they're freshmen. So yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to taper just a, just a tiny bit, a little bit too much hype for me and not saying I'm not excited, but just, you know, just eh, level. I think, I, I think the hype is fair and real. I don't think you it should, is, I don't but... think you should temper the hype too much. Cause the, the important thing is like, to the opposite of John's question, you actually don't need anything from these guys. Anything you get is gravy that puts you over the top. Like you could, you could literally say none of these freshmen are here and the team of Michigan state's starting lineup plus Holloman plus Kohler plus Cooper would be top three in the big 10. So like it's, it, you're, it's lottery tickets, right? If car's good, if Booker's good, if fears is good, if Norman's good, then all of a sudden you have this awesome boost in this chip you didn't have last year. But if none of them are good, you can bring them along slow and it doesn't kill the team the way uh, in the past. Like a guy like Max Christie, you needed him to be great immediately this year. It's a, it's like if you brought Max Christie off the bench, I think the narrative on Max Christie would be a lot different than uh, Carter's face right now. <laughs> Any comments on Cormac? I just can't believe we got three Cormac mentions. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you for the question, John. Uh, also, I don't think it matters what names you put in that group. If you asked where MSU's bench would fare, I think Carter would always say seventh in the Big Ten. I don't think it matters who the players are. Keith Johnson, 32, says, I live in Seattle. Each year I fly back to Michigan for the Michigan-Michigan State game at the Breslin. Should I fly back this year or save my money and bank on an MSU Final Four and go to Phoenix? I just had a baby girl. Shout out to Greg. Shout out to you, Keith. So I will need to choose one or the other. I have a very clear answer of what Keith should do here. Cart, what do you think you should do? Uh, Final four, easily. I'm the opposite. So it's not because I don't think they'll get to the Final Four. It's because there is a world where if you don't go to the game and you wait for the Final Four, you never have the opportunity to go to the game. I think that you should fly back, go to the Michigan State game, have the experience, have the fun. And then if Michigan State gets to the Final Four... Then you got a decision to make. <laughs> then are we scrounging up the savings? Are we going to a special account? Are we calling the accountant? Uh, I would want to have that opportunity and make sure you go to one of the games, then potentially miss out on both, Keith. So uh, shout out to you, though. Girl dads, stick together, my friend. Congratulations. Ulamog says, overreactions from the MSU basketball practice video posted on Friday. Frey Holloman with two distinct highlights means he'll be an eight-minute-a-game player this year. Carter and DK are haters. If I'm wrong, I'll actually go to my friend's musical next year. Also, Malik Hall dunking equals a healthy year, and Liz Frank stays away. What does Liz Frank stays away mean? His spelling of Liz Frank is hilarious, too, by the way. What does Liz Frank mean? Liz Frank's like the the, the fracture. In the, it's a bone in the foot. It's oh, a, got it, foot. got it, got it. It's actually yeah. L-I-S-F-R-A-N-C, I think. Yeah, I got it. 
Yeah. That went over my head. Good job, Ulamog. Uh, do you, what are your overreactions, Card? Do you buy Ulamog's Trey Holloman take? No. <laughs> okay. Anything else? I, I just, I don't understand. Like, yeah, there's a, there's a minute clip and like we're getting uh, Trey Holloman's frame looking good, looking like he put on some weight, hit a jumper. Like, sweet. I'm I'm just not buying into like just because of that clip like Trey Holmes is going to be like this guy and I don't know it's just and it's not because he's going to play like even in the backcourt I think that if he plays it'll be like a three guard lineup type thing and that scares me like I'm just not I'm not going to buy the Trey Holman hype until I see it in an actual game against an actual opponent yeah that's fair I I just don't think they're should ever be a world where Trey Holloman and hype are in the same sentence right now. Like just why, why are we hyping up the 12th guy? Let's just not do that. It would be like last off season, just doing Pierre Brooks hype. Like, Oh, he was in a highlight reel. He's dropping 60 in money ball. Like, yeah. Let's just wait until he does something that warrants any sort of expectation whatsoever. Um, and it's also like, it's okay. I want to say that it is perfectly okay for Trey Holloman to not be a rotation player. Like, that's not us hating on him. That's not like diminishing his value in any way. Teams don't play 13 guys <laughs> like good programs have talented players that aren't part of the everyday rotation that are break glass in case of emergency guys. It would be a good thing for Michigan State if Holloman was in that role. And uh, we don't need to throw expectations on it for no reason. I have some quick overreactions, Cart, that are all positive, by the way. Car and Booker's athleticism boost is for real. DK talked about it just of like, it's the one thing Michigan State's been missing the last few years. And uh, it just pops off the screen, man. I don't know how it's going to work in a game setting, especially. I don't know if they play together. I don't know how you do it. But uh, I do know one thing, like AJ Hogard having lob threats that are Cohen Carr and Xavier Booker is going to be special and fun and much missed from like the last three years. He had Joey Hauser. And Madi Sissoko's brick hands. Uh, it could look a lot whoa, 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 different. Whoa, 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 whoa. Madi's brick hands. Joey was just below the rim. He kept, he caught everything. <laughs> That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Um, and two, I also want to say that this is going to shock some people. I am buying some AJ Hogard stock right now. The more that I see, uh, I think Hogard and Walker. I think I'm almost underestimating how good those two are going to be this year. And. I'm totally fine calling them the best backcourt in the Big Ten, arguably the best backcourt in the country. Um, I think I'm still underselling it. Like, getting a third year from Tyson Walker is crazy. Like, imagine if there was just a third year from Jalen Pickett. Like, <laughs> it's absurd that Michigan State gets that. And Hogard, to me, like, there's the clips from him at the Flint Pro-Am. I like what I'm seeing. I, I think his body looks better. I He looks good. I'm truly getting emotional over here. Like, I, it took me a while to adjust to like the running every morning, uh, and the change in diet. But we're we really reached. A, I I'm actually I'm having trouble holding it together right now. Have we reached a point where you're buying some AJ Hogarth stock? Yeah, we have. It's crazy. Um, fun team, man. You're gonna be a fun team to watch. Lucas <laughs> says Riley looks like he could be an extra in the movie Black Hawk Down. I haven't seen Black Hawk Down. Never Comic seen Black Hawk Park. Down. Haven't seen it. Fam says, great show, boys. Is there a reason behind having a missile in the thumbnail for the shows Riley is on? Uh, yes. I just Google search Riley Davis, and apparently there's an actress named Riley Davis. So every Riley Friday, there will be a picture of Riley Davis on the thumbnail. Uh, Chase. I, I appreciate Fam confirming that he's Caucasian, too, by calling a, <laughs> a woman a missile. Chase T65012 says, Michigan and Michigan State football record predictions. Quickly, you got answers for that i got michigan state at six wins okay michigan oh michigan sorry uh i got michigan ugh. i got michigan losing two games okay i think michigan um i put the over under at a half a loss regular season it's either it's do they lose to ohio state or do they not um I guess I'll take the over. I also think I threw the hot take out. They lose one of the games without Harbaugh. So yeah. I guess I have to take the over for that. But uh, this team should win everything they've been winning. And then it's just a wild card if you get to the playoff. Michigan State, I think you hope you win six games. Uh, I'm not really buying the whole Michigan State aura right now. I'm kind of sad about it. So 
I'll go under. I'll take five wins, but I hope I'm wrong on that. Aiden Tree, 3327, says Greg is all the way asleep on Tominaga. 12 a game. He was putting up 20 a game the last 10 games of the season. Only had single digits once over the last 15. Hard not to see him taking a leap. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, maybe 12 was harsh. He definitely was really good at the end of the season. I think my counter to that would just be a team that is built around Tominaga. I have more questions about than a team that like was built around Grisel being really good and Tominaga could just pop off as the third guy on the scouting report. I don't think Tominaga is a guy you center your offense around. I think he's really going to struggle in that role. Um, hope I'm wrong because I really like his game. And he's fun to watch. That boy from Illinois says, I hate that Greg is probably right about the Dre Gibbs Lawhorn video. Illini basketball social media team was asking for trouble with that one. I'm predicting DGL is gone after this year after another drama filled battle for point guard. Cart, your thoughts? It's just uh, Illinois' uh, social media team, they got a little, I think they like drama. I think they like a little bit of spiciness because they also posted a video. Um, I think it was it two or three days after that with Domask uh, putting Ty Rogers like in the blender. And I'm just like, what, what did Ty do to you guys? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they want to dial back some of the, the we're really great people comments. Can, can I, but one last thing I do want to say about that, the DDL video, there was about 19 fouls before he <laughs> took the ball. I just want to let that be known. There was, that's the thing. It didn't, I don't think it painted either guy in a super positive light. <laughs> I, I, it's one of those it, teams do this all the time. It's not just Illinois too. Like Michigan put out the Hunter Dickinson, like working on his game video and he was just airballing corner threes. Like I, I don't understand what's up with college basketball team, social media accounts these days. Um, was it Duke or somebody had, like an official account tweet that was just like wildly inappropriate this week. Yeah. Too. Duke said something about going to like some about flicking the bean and they took a picture by the bean in Chicago. Yeah. Social media managers need to really tighten up here. I know Michigan it's they're doing okay. They know like at least just, just start off the video with a calling card dunk. And then like, we'll go from there. Yeah. Like, that'll get everybody going. It's a safe thing to fall back on. Koi says 330 bench is probably higher than 95% of D1 basketball players. That's a lot of weight. It is. I agree with that. But I've also seen Riley Jim videos, and uh, I don't think he's lying with what he said. C. Yeah. Schmeid says Tucker Carlson with Bob Hurley's phone number, LMAO. That was a, a good one, Cart. You were actually on your A-plus game on Friday's episode. I just want to say that. Had, had to be done. Uh, C. Schmeid 2079 again says Carter's roast of Douster was amazing. We did hear privately from Rob Douster uh, in response to that. Never heard a public response from him, though. Got cla classic Douster. Classic. Always in the group text, never in the response. Wyatt Robinson 7620 says, I don't see Ty at point guard after the season. I agree with Greg to a point. Brad Underwood whiff. Ty is not with the line I wanted at point guard. He hasn't even <laughs> attempted a jumper that I recall. I love Ty as a player. He isn't best suited for PG. Word is DGL is playing awesome, and Ty will play some point guard this season, but I hope DGL passes him at some point. I think that should be the hope as well, but again, as we've kind of listed out, we have concerns about DGL separate from our concerns about Ty. Uh, at least you got a couple shots at it. Both are really promising players, and if it comes together, Illinois could be really good. Last comment today, Cart Grant says, Stephen Izzo versus Tyler Underwood. Thoughts? I emojis one v one then as daddy's assistant. Okay, well in a one in one v one game to twelve, winner takes ball three dribbles. Tyler Underwood wins twelve nothing. I agree. Okay, uh, what was the second part of that question? If they were assistants, yeah. Then, then as daddy's assistant, Tyler Underwood also washes Stephen Izzo. Yeah, uh, no, no disrespect. But uh, Tyler Underwood, very good at his job. Also, just uh, we haven't seen him hoop, but we have interacted with him uh, quite a bit. I, I feel like he can hoop. I he's think Tyler like, Underwood. He's also hoop. like 6'2", probably. Yeah, I think he's probably my height. He's probably your height. Steven is always like 5'8", five, 5'6". Five, yeah. People forget, Card. Steven is a cut from my high school basketball team. And then yeah. miraculously put on my high school basketball team a year later. Wonder what happened there. Fascinating. Uh, all right. Thanks to the comment section. Way to start us off on a good note this week. We appreciate it. Let's jump right into topics, Cart. Uh, I want to start with the event that Michigan State Athletics held this weekend. Thy Shadows is what it was called. It appears Darian Harris uh, played a big role in organizing this, but 
Uh, it ended up, I think, being just like a, a uniform showcase and a celebration of Michigan State football. You had Tyson Walker, AJ Hogard, Malik Hall in the building. You had some former players there. It was the Eli Broad Art Museum. And uh, they unveiled the new Shadows uniforms, which are a kit of all black uniforms with some textured helmets. Very nice looking uniforms, I must say. Uh, additional Aztec striping on the other uniforms that look more or less the same, just with a big Aztec stripe on the helmet and on the sides of the uniforms now. So uh, all in all, it looks like a fun event. They sent invites out to a bunch of prominent Michigan State Twitter people. Notably absent from this event was the one and only Carter Elliott. Your thoughts? I mean, you can't invite everybody. I, 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 I stake my claim as the blue collar guy of Twitter, whether it be on this podcast, whether it be from Michigan State. I don't want an invite. Okay, I just want to watch it. Okay, I just want to watch it unfold. Maybe I get an invite next year. You know, maybe I don't. But you know, I don't think I really earned an invite this year, to be honest with you. I would have been I would have been put off if I would have got one. It would have seemed like they were trying to fill a diversity quota. They probably could have used the quota from what I saw. <laughs> Just uh, and no, no, nothing wrong with that. I guess uh, maybe a little bit wrong with that, but yeah, I, 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 I think it's just there. funny that it's like a bunch of prominent like MSQ Twitter people, literally forty eight hours after the absolute downfall of one of Michigan Twitter's biggest like people. Yeah, the That's time subjectively timing couldn't have been uh, more entertaining on paper, I guess. Um, yeah, it looked like a fun event. I mean, no major shots from me here. I think uh, it was probably fun to be at. Everybody probably went to Crunchy's, got a beverage and a burger, hopefully, and uh, just had a nice little Friday night to themselves. I wish you would have been invited. Also, Justin Spiro wasn't invited, and he is making a rather large stink about that on social media. Different approach to you, who said nothing publicly about it. Uh, I, yeah, I, should I have got like in full Albion gear and been like, <laughs> I, I'm a Brit? <laughs> I, I mean, Brits versus everybody, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I just want to say, I think whatever whatever Darian Harris's role right now is, is awesome. He's crushing it clearly. I, I think I looked up his role and it was like director of culture development or something like that. I'm probably so, so he just got, so he just got a promotion. Now he's like assistant to the AD and also head of, I think, the NIL relations. I believe it is. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think he's, he's, like he's directly crushing. the assistant to uh, Haller, at least. I think I think there's a couple extensions to like each program. I think he's the direct one for the football program. He's crushing it. Just want to say that. Um, I like the uniforms a lot. Like I said, the black ones, I think, are one of the nicest uniforms I've seen. I think it's hilarious. That sticker I sent you is real. The sticker is that, is the that real? Real. Yeah, it's real. That's insane. Yeah, they have state of Michigan stickers on the back of these helmets that say do not use <laughs> as, as a weapon, basically. Uh, hilarious to me, which good play. Like, I applaud Michigan State for that play. Um, I here's the one thing I just want to say, Car, you know, I got to nitpick something. Um, this is about as on brand of like a, a Mel Tucker event that I can think of. And that scares me a little. Just want to say that. Just like, just like a, a big spectacle coming off a bad season type thing. It's a lot of showmanship. It's a lot of Instagram friendly material. And there's not a lot to back it up in his few years on the football field thus far. Now, there, nothing that would have happened in this event, whether it happened or not, nothing changes like my opinion on that until we see what this year's football team looks like. Like if this football team's good, then I'm just wrong and I'm happy because I'm, I'm rooting for Mel Tucker's program. I want them to be good. I just feel like I'm getting like greatest showman a little bit by him in general. I've said this to you in past off seasons of like the dude is phenomenal at bringing Ferraris out to midfield and getting actual dogs on the 45 yard line. Uh, he's not great at putting actual dogs in uniform on the football field. So we'll see. Uh, it just th like this again. I didn't know this event was coming. And then all of a sudden I see like thy shadows and uh, again, great looking event looked awesome. Looked like they had a better spread than whatever Michigan football serving at the big house right now. That was insane too. Yeah, it was insane, but it, I'm a little concerned that that's, this is Mel Tucker's biggest strength as a coach is the off season events he can put on. 
And uh, what I what I will say is that I feel like the football program was at one of the lowest points last season, and I think that doing stuff like this and events like this seem to you know just pick up the vibes around the program. I think it is a greatest showman kind of vibe type thing, but in today's day and age, I feel like you kind of need that. Like I think the unveiling of the black jerseys. The involvement of like, I guess you call it MSU, like fans or Twitter, I think was a great play by it too. Because I mean, whether you want to admit it or not, a lot of those MSU Twitter people like have more pull than I guess even some alumni had just as far as like in the Twitter space, the way that operates. So I think it's just, you know, coming off a bad season, you want to just kind of build the morale up, I guess, of not just like the team, but also like people supporting the team. And I think like events like this kind of do that. Yeah. That's also, fair. also don't you kind of want Mel to keep the same energy as far as like, don't just, I mean, yeah. you don't want him like doing this stuff and we're just like losing three games or winning three games every single year, but he, he's got to keep the same energy. He's got to be who he is no matter Hundred percent, hundred percent. I give him credit for doing that. I think, in general, the act of Michigan State football involving fans to this degree is incredible, and I think it's rare. I don't think a lot of programs do that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want him to switch up. I just want him to call timeouts at the appropriate times. Maybe get a get a nice little special teams sub in so we can kick a twenty yard field goal to be bowl eligible. That'd be nice. Stop, um, stop being the stop being the Daniel Hack. Yeah, yeah. And look, football coaches in general are really sticky. Like, uh, we're seeing a couple in the Big Ten be brought down right now, like Pat Fitzgerald's out. Uh, PJ Fleck is a walking shtick, and that's making headlines right now. Um, I just, I I wish there was a little more substance from what I've seen on the field beyond, uh, you know, the woodshed and the deep end and thy shadows and the clapping. I'd like to see a little more from Tuck Common. And maybe we see that this year. Hopefully we do. Last question for me on this. I promise I'm not trying to be too antagonistic, but I'm genuinely curious. Uh, a lot of these people that I think were at this event from the fan perspective do have a ton of influence. That's clear at this point. A lot of these people turned very harshly on Peyton Thorne very publicly this offseason. That's fine. He's not the quarterback anymore. I wouldn't expect them to support him. What would it take from Mel for these fans, these specific people, to sour on Mel Cart? Like, are we, can Mel keep going non bowl eligible? Can he go five and seven again and again, but just keep inviting them back with access to the Die Shadows event and everyone's going to love him? No, because at the end of the day, it's about winning football games and putting yourself in a position to play big time football games. So, in my eyes, like if I had to like put, I don't want to like put a timeline on what it would be, but if we have another year like last year, I would, I would even, I would extend it to two. If we have two more years like we did last year, just because the recruiting is starting to pick up a little bit for the, the classes following, but it could get nasty just as far. Like that's, that's unacceptable in my eyes. And I think that would turn on them. Yeah. I'm just curious, like, if the same invites are sent to thy shadows in 2024 after a five and seven year, second one in a row, does the response look the same? That's what I'm curious about right now. I hope we never get to that point and see it. I hope Michigan state wins like eight games this year and there's clear momentum. And then, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm rooting for, including a win against Michigan. But, uh, I'm just curious because a lot of people seem to be a lot higher on Mel but they're getting maybe it's those people that are getting access to this cool stuff than I am as a Mel observer. So anyways, all right, let's move on. Uh, Pat McAfee did a uh oh this week, this weekend, uh, and then doubled down and tripled down on it. I don't understand. Uh, we've been compared to McAfee by our comment section as recent as three days ago. I've always stated I really respect the McAfee model, what he's done to rewrite the way sports media works right now, I think is very impressive. I have a lot of thoughts on this though, cart. Um, I mean, he made a joke about Larry Nasser and then stood by it and continues to try and draw attention to it. I have no idea what he's thinking. What's your reaction to this McAfee nonsense? 
it's just idiotic. It really is. And it's disappointing to me because obviously people have different views about like how they feel about what Pat McAfee does like in this space. But I do echo what you're saying. Like I uh, looking at like the McAfee model or like the grind that McAfee did. Yes. He was in the NFL. Yes. He had connections. Yes. He kind of like rode the Aaron Rodgers coattails, but like he was like on the same kind of model as us, like every single day, putting out content, you know, kind of trying to build up a following. I it, I just can't, like, wrap my head around the fact that someone would, one, make the joke, two, like, double down on the joke, and three, like, the fact that he retweeted the joke was absolutely crazy to me. And four, the joke stunk. Like, it didn't even make sense. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, like even in the setting, the joke is awful. But like, what do you, it, it didn't even make sense to me. Like you're going out on the limb to make this awful joke about this awful person. And then you're just going to stand by it. And like the tweet is still up right now. I don't get it. Yeah. The tweet's not coming down, um, which is crazy at this point. I, I have no idea what he's thinking. So I, I crunched some numbers, <laughs> Cart. I, I, I did a little research in response to this whole event. I tweeted about it right away and was just like, what is this dude thinking? Um, as did a bunch of people. Everybody rightfully so called him out. But Cart, Pat McAfee is reported to have a contract that pays him $85 million from ESPN over the next five years. That means he makes roughly $17 million a year. He makes $1.4 million every month. He makes $327,000 a week. And if you divide that down, he makes around $8,175 an hour. He has 2.8 million Twitter followers. Okay. When you have that type of following and you're paid that much money by anyone, you have a personal responsibility to just be a decent human being, which is why this is one of the more confusing things to me, because I've always been an observer of Pat McAfee's content. And I've thought that overwhelmingly him and his crew that he's put together are good-hearted people. And this is not a move of a good person at all. Now, I also think I'm sort of doing the thing that everybody on earth does that's a natural reaction where when someone you like does something horrible, you jump through hoops to make excuses for them mentally. Like, my instant reaction to seeing this was like, oh, okay, he's not from the community like, he doesn't realize how much hurt just seeing that name causes so many people. He's going to make this right. And that's why the original tweet is one thing to me. But then to double down on it, like you said, to come back to it, to draw attention to it, to retweet it, to re-endorse it after seeing how many people were outraged by this. To me, one seems out of character for him, but I don't even know how you can call it out of character for him after this because it, it's just what he's doing and it's really gross. Um, I've been trying to understand the joke, too, because at the very least, Pat is someone that I think does humor intellectually. Like, I've never watched what he does on his shows and been like, oh, he's dumb humor. He's normally entertaining. He's witty. He's sharp. And to me, this is a joke that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's like if Mo Wagner airballs a three pointer, like I'm not just going to be like, oh, Hitler taught him how to shoot like that. That doesn't make any sense. It's not funny. And it's incredibly stupid. Um, and to me, like, this isn't like a cancel culture thing either. Like, I think Pat might think it is, which makes no sense to me, but like, I don't think anybody's response to this is like, oh, pull Pat McAfee from the air, get him off the screen. And I don't even think there's a contingency or like an element here of McAfee fans that are like, get him, Pat. Like, you gotta be able to say these jokes. I think everybody on all sides of this is just like, dude, why are you making this joke? Like, it's not, it's not funny. It doesn't make any sense. So uh, I just like stepping back from it in the last two months, ESPN has laid off 7,000 people, including like really prominent names, right? So that in essence, cart, they can pay Stephen A. Smith and Pat McAfee a combined $30 million a year. That's their content plan. And the way that those two seem to be using their platform is Stephen A. Smith uh, tweeting and hypothesizing and wondering if Kim Kardashian is a prostitute and Pat McAfee making 
jokes about a man who abused hundreds of children, little girls, <laughs> while ESPN, the main channel, airs a pickleball pro-am in Jupiter, Florida. Like, I've never been more confused on what ESPN's doing. And let me make this extremely clear too, Cart. I say all this as someone who openly admits the first opportunity, if I ever got one with ESPN, I would run through the door for it. <laughs> as I make these jokes, I would sprint through it. I would just like to think that if I got that opportunity and you and I got that opportunity, I would like to think we use our platform much differently than these two are right now. Like maybe we try and inform, maybe we try and be entertaining. Yeah, all that. But also like maybe most importantly, we just be good people when we have a platform like that. And that's not what Pat McAfee's doing. That's where he missed the mark to me. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not we're not trying to come across as like old holier than now people. But I, I use the word decent human being. Like, that's the phrase. Like, you can, I think you said it, but like, just be a decent human being. It's really not that hard. It's really not. Like, I, that's that's what kind of just confuses me and like disappoints me. It's so easy to just not do that. It's so easy to not do what Pat McAfee did. Like, yeah. there's no one antagonizing him. There's no one, you know, going at him. And like, at the, like, there's, like you said, there's no one rallying behind him. Like, Oh, like stick with it, Pat. Like that. Oh, yeah, you got him. Like, don't let him, don't let him get you off this topic or whatever. It just, just be a decent human being. It's very easy. I highly recommend it. It's actually pretty fun. Very, ben very beneficial as well. So I, I just don't understand it. Yeah, be better, Pat McAfee. We implore you. We beg of you, please. Especially, especially with the career trajectory of how your boy's looking. Like <laughs> he's heading towards retirement soon, so you're gonna have to pick up the slack a little bit more, buddy. Yeah, deep breaths. Okay, uh, let's move on to a Pistons topic. Stanley Johnson, uh, oft maligned, quite a controversial figure in Pistons lore these last few decades. Stanley Johnson is the name, more than anybody, Car. whether this is fair or unfair, he's the name I most associate with the last decade of mistakes from the Pistons' attempts at reloading or rebuilding or competing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, them taking Stanley Johnson, who was a very promising prospect at the time in a draft where Devin Booker was taking six picks below him and wears Detroit paraphernalia everywhere he goes uh, is something I will never really get over. Now, Stanley Johnson went on some podcast. I don't know what podcast it was, but uh, there's a viral clip of him essentially in detail responding to the concept of him being a bust. And his main quote was... He can't be a bust. He was not a bust in his time in Detroit because a bust means you didn't try. What do you make of this? Is Stanley Johnson a bust? Is that fair for him to say? How do you feel about him saying it? Uh, you know, I think that for me, busts are worse than what Stanley Johnson was. So I kind of feel him on, on that front. I don't know if the not trying thing is something I can get with. Okay, because I feel like there are some busts that try. They just they just aren't those guys. Um, I understand where he was coming from. Uh, as you know, Greg, I don't know if anyone else knows. I was one of like the biggest Stanley Johnson fans as far as like when we drafted him uh, out of Arizona, what I thought he was going to be. I, I was always pulling for him bigly. But I don't know if I can get with the I'm not a bust because I tried motto but I do kind of see the angle he's coming from whereas like Stanley Johnson had injuries in his time to try now I know that he wasn't necessarily his best at all times but injuries did play a portion of that uh, if he doesn't hurt his back I think he is a different player I'm not saying that he's going to live up to like what the Devin Booker was but I think we're looking at it completely differently if he didn't go through some of the things he went through uh in Detroit so um I mean I don't know if you feel the same way about it um, yeah, he also like he called out that his mother passed away right after the draft, which I, I didn't even realize. Maybe I just wasn't online enough back in the day. Um, I had no idea he went through that. That's horrible. Obviously, that can I'm, I'm sure that totally shifted who he was as a person. Uh, 
where I draw the line here, like, I, I don't know if he's trying to victory lap or just defend himself. If he's a little insecure, if Pistons fans have really come after him or something, but like, to me, he's kind of been forgotten about, like, I don't think people are actively talking about Stanley Johnson or coming at him like he's a bust anymore. So to me, for him to even go and talk about this, um, like to me, it feels like that's something he carries. Like he carries the weight of this, whether he's insecure about it or whether people have said stuff to him or whether he just deep down, feels like he didn't live up to what he should have. The problem is being a bust has nothing to do with trying hard at all. <laughs> like at the end of the day, production is what defines whether or not you are a bust and whether you went through all the adversity you hit, you weren't a good basketball player. It has nothing to do with how much you tried or whether you showed up like congratulations, Stanley Johnson, you showed up every day. Wow. When we draft someone seventh overall, we really hope that they show up every day. Like it's gold star. Stanley Johnson's career stats, he averages less points per game than Denzel Valentine. Denzel Valentine's on the first flight to Sydney right now. Uh, I just don't, I don't see this. I don't get it. Um, I, I Like I, I believed in him as a player for a couple of years that the summer league run where he was dominant was like, oh, we got something like him talking crap and not backing down to LeBron in that one playoff appearance where they got swept like i i still hold on to that fondly as well but i just don't think like he can't act like oh i'm not a bust like you absolutely are a bust you still have opportunities to rewrite that like bust your tail latch on to a franchise right now that you can prove that you warrant minutes in crunch time and rewrite the story of your career your career's not over right now but the press run victory lapping that you're not a bust is just Wildly inaccurate. And thank God, Cart, thank God the Pistons are in a better spot than they were however many years ago when Stanley Johnson was a key part of their rebuild. That's my biggest takeaway. Yeah. Also, I don't, I, as much as I love Stanley Johnson, I still like, I, Greg, you know how I operate. Like when I latch myself onto a player in yeah. the draft, it's, it gets sickening to some points that how the lengths I will go to make that player, you know, seem good in my eyes. We got a lot of stuff going on for Detroit right now. Asar Thompson is our chosen one. Like we, we can't. We've moved on from you, Stanley, and we wish you the best. And I do hope that he finds something as far as a career and sticks with the team because he really can't seem to stick with one right now. I mean, he's. I think he, I can count on my, off top of my head, he's played for like three or four franchises and been cut like pretty quickly, like after ten days. So hopefully he latches on. But like we're moving on. I feel like Detroit fans don't wish him not well um at all so yeah we we got bigger better things to move on to yeah since he left the pistons in 2019 he has played for four different franchises that have all had between 18 and 61 games to get a look at him none of them have decided they want more stanley johnson in their lives so just is what it is like call that bust call that not a bust however you want to define that he's not a a worthwhile nba player right now and uh that's not what was promised. That's not what was on paper out of who he was out of college. That's why a lot of teams keep taking shots at him because they think there is a player somewhere in there. Hopefully he gets to a point where he can get on the right track. Uh, all right, let's do our one big thing presented by Bigby. I have an actual Bigby coffee today, by the way. My ad reads have been pretty bad. Uh, I just want to throw out the the Bigby coffee cup I'm holding on to right now. It says we love our coffee. We love the people behind our coffee even more. And I, I take that to heart. I feel loved by Big B. One big thing presented by Big B. Big B, where they love their people. Cart, what's your one big thing today? You don't have enough ice in your iced coffee for my liking. I, it melts down. I've been holding on to it for over an hour. I that, run at 7 why, in the morning. That's why you always get extra ice. Then you get less coffee. I need the coffee. Okay. Sorry. My apologies. <laughs> Uh, my one big thing, I'm going to stray away from sports. Uh, I feel like I've done a lot of sports these last couple of times, my one big thing. So I'm going back to everyday life on this. And this goes harps back on the being a decent human being comment that I had. There's being a decent human being, but there is one time, one time I can think off the top of my head where you should not be a decent human being. And that is at a four-way stop sign or a four-way stop light. Okay. There's rules of the road. The right-of-way rule is you let the person on the right go first or you let the person that stops go first. If you want to be a kind person, still let somebody go. Sorry, I'm hitting my microphone because I'm pissed off. It ruins everything. And then you and the person are just looking at each other like, oh, you go, oh, 
oh, I'll go. And then you inch forward and you're just both just going and people behind you are waiting. There's rules of a four-way stop. Learn how to do it. Learn the rules of right away. Keep it pushing. So you want some decisiveness from drivers out there. Yes. It's not about being nice and seeing like, oh, like, oh, no, you go ahead. You go ahead and go. No, you were there first. You go and he'll go right after you. Does Eleanor have anything to do with this complaint or is this an all ages complaint? No, this is all age. This is not a, this is, this is everybody. Okay. Uh, do you, do you think you're very good at this? Like, are you, a, what's your hit rate on obeying four way stop behavior? Oh, perfect. I've never gotten, I've never uh, actually, I got a ticket before, but I'm a very good driver. Okay. I believe that. I've been in the car with you for miles and miles of road trips. Hours and, uh, and hours, days on days. I, I would say you are the best driver I've ever rode in a car with. I will give wow. you give you that credit, my friend. Good Thank job. You. You're welcome. Um, okay. My one big thing today, Cart. It's time for the phrase touch some grass to touch some grass. <laughs> we need to put that phrase down. I'm seeing it too much. Uh, I'm seeing it in places where I don't even think it really applies overly well. I think it was like the fun way to say, ha ha, shut up. Maybe, maybe 18 months ago. Now, like we just, we can't use it everywhere. Like we can't go topic by topic through this rundown of like, oh, like the, the guys looking for Odell Bretham need to touch some grass. And then Pat McAfee needs to touch some grass. And then Stanley Johnson needs to touch some, like, not no. Everybody needs to stop touching grass. We need no more grass to be touched. I'm out on that phrase. I am actively going to stop using that phrase for the next month and see how much better I feel. Can we get a new phrase like to the table or are you? I'm going to have to think on it. I don't have one prepared, but I just I cringe every time I see that right now. We're doing it way too much. No. If, if things things that are clever become unclever when their volume exceeds like just a thousand percent. That's where touch some grass is right now. Someone needs to come up with something new. It doesn't have to be me. It can be me. I'm willing for it to be me. But uh, yeah, touch some grass has to go. I'm out. And on that note, we end today's I, I podcast. That, I, I'm sorry. I thought that I'm out was the end. You were going to hit stop uh, recording. I'm sorry. That would. I thought that was it. I mean, it would have worked. Thank you for watching. Uh, as always, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can listen on Apple and Spotify. We'll be back tomorrow, every single Monday through Friday, five days a week of the Sleepers podcast. For Carter Elliott, I'm Greg Waddell. We'll see you tomorrow. Keep shopping. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.